Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I wanted to talk about how we speak to our children, how we often speak to them in ways that we would never, ever tolerate if someone spoke to us. And we don't really think about it. And somewhere in our minds, we think because they're four or they're 10, that it somehow affects them differently, but it really doesn't. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So I want you to imagine for a moment, I don't know, you're unloading the dishwasher and your spouse comes in and says, why do you do it that way? I've told you a million times, put it on the top. Don't put the dishes like that. How would that feel? Just take yourself into that place for a moment and think, how would that feel? And what would you do? And how would you respond? So somehow when we talk to our children like this, we have this idea that somehow it affects them differently, that because they're four or because they're 14, that it doesn't affect them the same way that it affects us. But it actually really does. And so here's a couple of things to be thinking about. One, and this is particularly relevant to anger and yelling. So very popular parenting techniques for sure, but they don't really work. And yelling is really not that effective. And I can prove it to you. Like when in your life, Have you ever been yelled at, screamed at, reprimanded, bawled out, and you've gone, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. That is perfect. That's what I needed. Thank you. Never, right? Never would you do that. What happens when you're spoken to that way is the limbic system lights up, the part of the brain that's responsible for the security system. It lights up. It shuts off contact with the frontal lobe, the part that can think and plan and take perspective. And it literally hijacks the brain. And then you get defensive and you get angry or you you know, run away and get scared and you hide, but there's no logical conversation that is gonna come from that. So once the limbic system is taken over, you're now reacting to your world instead of responding. And so as a parent, When we yell, we have to take a second and just think, okay, am I about to say something to my child that I feel like saying, or am I about to say something to my child that my child needs to hear? And often those are two very, very different things. So let's go back to being yelled at. We can probably not think of a time in our life where we've been yelled at and it's felt great. It will set our brain into fight or flight and you're going to get a reaction. And that's exactly what's going to happen with our child or anyone else that we speak to like this. So here's a really important tip. When you are angry with your child, when you are frustrated, when they've done something for the 18th time that you've asked them not to do, when they've ignored you again or done something again that you've specifically uh, asked them not to do, and you're angry and what's coming out of your mouth feels great. If it feels great, it's wrong. Okay. It should feel stuffed back down. It should feel like, Oh, I am so, you should feel your own body trying to suppress that anger. If it is not feeling mitigated, if it is not feeling suppressed, if it is free flowing, 
then you are probably um, doing something that isn't great, right? It's not going to be received the way that you want. Um, we, we tend to think somehow by yelling and by sharply reprimanding that that's exactly what that person needs, that they're just going to take that information and it's going to change them and they're going to behave differently the next time. But that's not actually how it works. Like we've, you're not going to find yourself in a place with your kids where you yell at them or sharply speak to them and they go, oh, you know what, mom, thank you. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed. And you know what? I am lucky to have a brother and I'm going to go share my best toys with my brother right now. Like it's not going to happen. We somehow expect that reaction, but it's not going to happen. That's not actually how it works. Um, and we get upset because then the reaction we get back is more hostility or rudeness or a sharp tone back. Um, but that is because that individual is now in fight or flight. They are now reacting. Their frontal lobe has shut off. Um, and at best, your child will comply and not talk back because they're terrified of you. Um, you know, at worst, uh, they will scream and yell back and you'll be locked into some horrendous battle that just escalates and doesn't work. And here's what's so interesting. And I've, I've said this before, and I've probably said it in, in other podcasts that parenting is one of these interesting things where we continuously do the same things over and over and over again, and don't make adjustments and we don't learn from it. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like if you walked in a room and there was a giant pillar in the middle of the room and you knocked your head on it. Um, what would you do next time? You walk around it. You would move around it. Um, but the truth is we don't with parenting. We continuously do the same things over and over and over again. And we're surprised that there's not a different result. So here's what I would suggest. First of all, really think about, you know, when I tell my child, what are you doing? I told you not to put that back back there. How many times do I have to tell you? If our sibling or our spouse or our parent talk to us that way, how would we feel? And when someone angrily kind of approaches us like this, um, maybe your kid will comply, which is, which is actually quite rare, but some kids do because they're afraid of you, which is, which is not the reason why we want them to change their behavior. Um, and they'll literally just walk around afraid of us all the time, or we yell so much that we're just noise. And they're like, ah, mom's yelling again. And they just don't even, it doesn't even register. It's, it's just, they're so used to it. It becomes the new baseline. And, and then you sort of think to yourself, oh God, I can't even stand the sound of my own voice, but something isn't working. So first step is to really think about how would I feel if I was on the receiving end of myself right now, how would I feel? And realize that just because they're kids doesn't mean that they're experiencing this any differently than you would if somebody was sharply speaking to you. So that's the first thing. Second thing is to really try and align yourself from a place of love. You can be very firm. You can be quite strict, actually. You can be very, very firm and still be doing that from a place of love. And you can do that with an authoritative but loving voice. And that actually works much better, by the way, than yelling. Because when you're yelling, you're demonstrating to your child that you're out of control. Um, they know that your frontal lobe isn't working. They know that what you're saying can't be trusted in that moment because you're so escalated. 
it, it sort of reminds your child that, oh my gosh, nobody's in charge right now because my mom's lost it or my dad's lost it. So really taking that time to line up from a place of love and ask yourself the question, am I saying what I feel like saying right now? Because it feels good because I'm angry or am I about to say something that my child needs to hear? And keeping yourself lined up in that place of love, not fear. And by the way, anger is just fear. Um, can really, really help. Now, the second thing is to do some breathing, to look away. This is a really important thing. When you're really angry at someone and you're looking at them, this primitive part of your brain that's just kind of trying to keep track of that thing that might be attacking us will not let us look away. And all of our senses become heightened. Sound, touch, uh, everything becomes incredibly heightened in those moments because this is a very, very prehistoric program that helps us avoid danger. And so the brain doesn't want you to pay attention to anything else except for that thing that is about to leap at us, even though it's our kid who you know, left their backpack in the hall and we tripped on it. You really have to understand this kind of primitive part of the brain that just has this ability to hijack the rest of the brain. In those moments, we have surrendered to our security system, to our uh, very primal limbic system. And so it's really important to remember a few things. One, you have to change your breathing. Relax your breathing. Drop, literally feel like you're dropping into the center of yourself. Like you've just had a big kind of sigh, like a relief, like, like that kind of breathing. And then take a few deep breaths to see if you can get your frontal lobe back online. Then look away, look away from your child. Just turn away, go get a drink of water, go look out the window, look at something else. If you're looking right at them, uh, your brain has this lock on target system happening and everything they do, every huff, every twitch of their eye, every tension, a bit of tension in their shoulders makes us more angry. So try looking away, look away and walk away. This is what I teach kids actually when they're um, upset is to just take a second. You can also do what I call substitute yelling. So if you're really angry, you can actually just say, um, you can sort of yell, but without the words. So you're saying, oh, I am so, you've no idea the things going on in my head, the things that I would love to say right now, but I'm not going to because I'll regret it later. And I love you. So you're sort of still yelling, but you're not using hurtful language. You're not saying anything that you're going to have to do a huge repair on later and you're going to have to fix later. So that one can also be really, really helpful. And then modeling to your child that you can be escalated, that you can de-escalate yourself, that you can walk away and come back is actually a really important piece of emotional regulation. It's really good modeling for your kids to see that you can do it. And you can describe later how angry you were and how hard it is to be able to do that. And it's not any easier when you're an adult or a kid. It is hard no matter what to de-escalate yourself and to approach the situation from a different way and that you're working on it. And sometimes you're going to get it right. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. So they see that you're human and they see that you're working on it. And that's actually the best piece of teaching that you can possibly do. And then really remember how important it is to repair Right. So you can, so let's say you blew it because we all do. I mean, we all lose it from time to time and it's not the end of the world. If you lose it, it just can't be your primary parenting strategy. You go back and you go, okay, this morning when I yelled at you and I told you to go live at the neighbors and that I was going to drive away and not come back or whatever crazy things we said, um, you know, I didn't stop and think about how 
upsetting that was for you or how important it was for you to be heard in that moment. And I'm working on my own emotional regulation and feelings are really big. Sometimes they're really big sometimes, and they're really hard to control. And then the following piece of this is be kind to yourself, do a little mirroring on yourself, use the calm technique on yourself, right? It is frustrating. It is hard. And if you have more than one child, it is relentless. And even with one child, it can be relentless. Give yourself a little love and a little understanding that this is tough. Parenting is really, really hard. And going inside and just feeling those feelings and letting yourself have them and send yourself a little love and even sending your limbic system, that part of your brain love, thank you for fighting for me, for you know thinking I was in danger and doing your best to help me survive. But in that moment, it was actually just my kid. It wasn't you know, a, a group of soldiers that have come into my village, thank God. Um, and you can sort of mitigate it that way. And then just keep remembering that every single day you have a chance to do it better than the day before. And that really checking in with yourself a few times a day, what are my stress levels like? You know, can I go and take a minute? Can I walk away? Can I breathe? Can I look at cute photos on my phone to remind me why I'm doing this? Um, listen to some music. You know, I've even suggested to families sometimes put, put your earbuds in and have like beautiful inspirational instrumental music playing in the background. Make morning breakfast with, with theme music in the background. You, you cannot imagine how that can calm you down and ground you. That can really, really help if you need some, some extra help to manage. Um, but I guess the main part here is that Look, we all make mistakes. Repair is the most important part, really, of connected parenting that you, go, you can go back. You can use the calm technique. You can use your mirroring to go back and repair. Um, that's really helpful. And for a reminder, go back to the first couple of episodes of this podcast just to keep you um, in touch with what, what that is and keep practicing. Remember, it's something that requires practice and you get better at over time. And just every day when you wake up, just try to do better than you did the day before. And if you blow it, go back and repair um, and demonstrate to your child and to yourself that you are doing your best to line up from a place of love, not fear and not anger. And try to keep in mind this idea that just because they're kids doesn't mean it's okay to speak to them in ways that you would not tolerate. And just wake up every day and try to do it. Um, and try to do a better job than you did the day before. And on some days you're going to do your best on other days, your best will look very different. If you have a migraine or something happening at work or, um, and this is a really important thing to keep striving for, to be kind to yourself about, remember to use the calm technique on yourself. And for more information on connected parenting, we have go to connectedparenting.com. Uh, there's my books. I have online courses, um, one is just videos. One actually includes uh, a face group, uh, a closed Facebook group that I'm very active in and weekly, sorry, and, and monthly coaching calls. We have an amazing connected parenting playground program where um, there's a membership fee. I think it's $49. And for that, you get four weekly sessions with connected parenting team members, with actual therapists and parenting coaches trained in the model that give you parenting advice and support. And it's a really amazing community where people help each other out and they realize they're not alone. Um, listen to all the podcasts. There's also the mental health comedy podcast, which is great, full of strategies for self-regulation. Uh, there's a number of ways that we try to support you here at Connected Parenting, and I will see you next time. <laughs>